my sweet friends. I feel so fortunate that you're joining me for season two of the Failing Awesomely podcast. My hope is that you can find encouragement while listening to my personal stories of overcoming life's obstacles, whether you're chasing big dreams or just trying to make it through the day as a mama of little ones. I'm excited to bring my friends along to inspire you with their stories as well. Let's empower one another to stop selling ourselves short, stop the negative self-talk, and focus on what makes us awesome, because we all are. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, and it's time we start believing that. Welcome, welcome to the Failing Awesomely podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Garcia, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This episode, who get some tissues ready. Um, I have Dr. Tiffany Tajiri back on the podcast. If you have not listened to episode 36, I recap that episode a little bit at the beginning of my interview with Dr. T, but she is incredible. We've already had her on, so this is the second time we have her on. She is a clinical psychologist, a U.S. Air Force veteran, a speaker, and author of Peace After Combat, Healing the Spiritual and Psychological Wounds of War. And she developed what's called Rhythm Restoration, which again, we will get into in the episode. But she did a Rhythm Restoration session with me. And before we we recorded this episode, we were talking and brainstorming and she was kind of picking at my brain of um, some some past traumas in my life. And really the one that fired up within me was the loss of my baby, my miscarriage story at almost 12 weeks pregnant right before I got diagnosed with breast cancer. So a lot of you know that story. If you do not know that story, feel free to listen to my miscarriage episode. That is episode nine. So go back all the way to season one, episode nine of the Failing Awesomely podcast, and you can hear my miscarriage story. But today, the episode that I'm sharing with you really was so transformative of where my peace level is with everything that happened and where my heart is. And I am so comforted by my experience. And even though it was a very emotional experience, I'm so willing and open and happy to share it with all of you because I think so many of us hold things in no matter what it is. I don't, you know, whatever past trauma, big or small that you have, it can start to deteriorate us. And we really need to learn healthy coping skills and know when to seek help to be able to fully accept what is and move on. And that is what Dr. Tiffany did for me. And I'm so grateful that not only was she willing to do this, but that I can call her my friend. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Dr. Tiffany Tajiri. Say what you want, all I hear is la-dee-da, la-dee-da. Dr. Tiffany, guys, she is back 
for another amazing episode. Thank you, hun, so much for coming back on the show. If you guys haven't listened, listen to go back to episode 36. Can you blend God and science? That is the episode that I first had with Dr. Tiffany Tajiri. And it was amazing. In that episode, you shared your story of what led you to going to school to become a clinical psychologist and then to serving in the military. You are a United States Air Force veteran. So thank you for your service, girl. I can speak for everybody who's listening. Um, That's incredible. So um, also in the episode, we spent a good amount of time talking about the trifecta, as you called it, about aligning our flesh to our soul, our soul to the spirit, in order to truly live in freedom with Christ and be able to heal from our anxiety and depression and trauma that we can experience in this life. Um, And it was just, it was an amazing, such a cool conversation. I received so many messages about from people that were like, my mind is blown and she is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And I can call her my friend. Isn't that so cool? So (laughs) we then talked about the method that you developed called rhythm restoration. And we did a, a pretty short rhythm restoration session together in that episode. But even though it was short, it was powerful. I was in tears. You were like, wow, <laughs> like you didn't expect for the, you know, for the Holy Spirit to affect me the way um, that it did. And it was just, it was powerful. It was amazing. So tonight we're digging a little deeper, not gonna lie. I'm a little nervous. But we're digging, we're digging a little deeper tonight. Before we have another session, could you please explain again to our listeners exactly what rhythm restoration is and then go further to explain what you recently um, sent to me and showed me, which is this, I, I'm calling it this visual artistic experience, this visual artistic exercise, but you will better explain it. So take it away, Dr. Huh? Tiffany. Thank you so much for that warm introduction. You are salt and light, and I just absolutely love and adore you. I'm so blessed that you're my sister. And so with that being said, let's talk a little bit about rhythm restoration. And I think the bottom line up front is if it's not love, it's not God. And that's the foundation and precursor of everything you have to understand before we delve in more into the neuroscience and, and how God is incorporated in all of this, you know, just a, a, just a quick reiteration that God created you and I lens, and we are a series of electrical chemical impulses. And so we are science, right? So we can't discard science and God because science is just one of his many miracles. It's this artistic medium. And so we have to embrace that, but I believe truly there are two truths in our own lives And the number one truth is that God loves us. He's not the author of evil. He is love. He gave us free will, which oftentimes people use in very destructive ways. Um, And he gave that to us because that's a precursor to love. And he's never going to take that away. And we also have to remember truly that we are living this life for the eternal life. There's so much more to come spiritually And that in this world, no one's immune to the pain and the suffering that this life is, you know, essentially what many Christians would call a fallen world. And that even Jesus living here, fully God and fully man also suffered. So that's truth. Number one, truth. Number two lies in the fact that we have to 
really be self-introspective to what we're experiencing in our lives. So today, Linz, you're going to be very vulnerable and vulnerability takes courage because sometimes we feel there's no control in that vulnerable space, right? But I'm praying that you believe that with me, you don't have to guard your heart as hard or as, as deep or as wide as you might with others. And, 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 you know, in the Bible, it states, you don't cast your pearls before swine. You do not put your heart out on somebody who's going to abandon it or not value or appreciate it. So I do appreciate the vulnerability. And, and in that process in truth too, it's really looking at what our life circumstances are, how we've evolved from them, the painful life experiences. And so we got to align those truths, those true, those two truths that almost rhyme to me. We got to align those two so that we can have spiritual tranquility. It's very important. So understanding that and then rhythm restoration is going to use rhythm. There's the science portion of it. It helps regulate our autonomic nervous system, right? The first thing we ever heard in our mother's womb was her heartbeat. And that's such a wonderful thing because God says his rhythm is the way to go in Matthew. He says, my rhythm is what's going to bring you life. You know, it's going to be an easy walk if you just follow me. And so we have to follow that special rhythm that he has placed in our hearts. And then the second part is bilateral stimulation. It sounds like such a huge psychobabble word, <laughs> but really it's just when you walk, you jog, you run, that's bilateral stimulation. You lift one hand and then the other. And, and for us, we'd probably be tapping back and forth, alternating hands that triggers both hemispheres of the brain right? It helps us to emotionally and psychologically process and digest. There's so much science to, to bilateral stimulation. We do it organically in REM sleep, and that's how the brain processes at a subconscious level. But what we're going to do is we're going to process at a conscious level. We're going to confront those things so much on bilateral stimulation. I'm not going to stay stuck on it right now. And then the last part is visualization. Visualization is key. God states in Ephesians 3 20, that he can do more than we could ever imagine. And I want us to use our imaginations, right? Our imaginations to create these corrective emotional experiences that we need. So one, visualizations can be done to project great things for ourselves in light of God's calling for the future, but visualizations and imagination can also be used to rescript traumatic life experiences. So here's kind of the science behind that. So here, big picture overview is what we're doing is Lindsay, you had a traumatic event. That traumatic event is filed in your amygdala, which is the fear center of your brain. And it's been hurting and you've been sitting on it because the hallmark trait of post-traumatic stress or just stress period is avoidance. We don't want to confront it. Mm -hmm. And so what we're going to do is we're going to actually bring that to the frontal lobe of your brain, the, the part of your brain that makes you unique, it's capable of problem solving. It makes you different than a primate. So that part of our brain, we're going to start bringing the, the, the experience to, we're going to make light of it. But what we're going to do this time that we don't often do, I think you, Lindsay, you're already very resilient. So you don't, we don't see as much of the change and shift in your healing as we would with somebody who is finally stepping into their faith is, has that aha moment. God's not the author of these things, but you, because you're already spiritual and there's been proven science that people who are spiritual, their brains are just altered differently, mm -hmm. but we're going to bring that to the frontal lobe. And I'm going to ask you to take off those blinders of pain and suffering, mm -hmm. because when all we see is our pain, we lose sight of who Jesus 
right? And, and he wasn't immune to it. And so what we start looking at is where were the blessings in the midst of this pain? How did God turn beauty for ashes, right? And so in doing that, we're changing the shape of the memory. We're changing the substrates, the physical dynamics of the memory, all the way down to its proteins, all the way down to the DNA. So when we change the memory, the physicality of it, and we start reinforcing a new adaptive holding your thoughts, essentially captive to Christ, then it doesn't file back in that fear center anymore. It goes back in the hippocampus, which is the regular long-term memory. And so our goal is for us to use rhythm restoration. You've already done the exercise, right? Yep. Okay. So I will actually let you explain what you did in the exercise because it was kind of laid out. It was a drawing that I asked you to do. Now, rhythm restoration is not always in an artistic form, but I thought it would be the most effective if she had some time to do some self-care and draw on her own. Usually we talk about it in processing, but we're going to do the processing experience after she's done the drawing. So tell yes. me about what the prompts were and what it looks like. <clears throat> Okay, so this beautiful prompt that Tiffany sent me, it is the just an outline of a cross, which is really cool. And there is obviously a cross is in the shape of a T. And there are one, two, three, four, five spaces that it's divided in. So if you can picture a cross and there's a center of a cross, that's a square. The, the top of the cross, that is a square. The two sides of the cross are two other ones, and then there's the bottom. And on the other open spaces, you are to list your blessings big and small. So that's what I did first. I did that first. I listed my blessings. My blessings. So we're doing this on all four corners of the page. So I did about four to five blessings on each corner. I wrote David, my boys, my complete healing from cancer. I'm cancer free my sobriety, my friends, my church, PC and Pam, who are our pastors at my church, worship music, my home, David's job, my mom, Andy, my dad, my pappy. And then I just put family because that list could go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. um, my gifts and talents, online resources and connections, basically the ability to be able to share my story and help and inspire others through online resources and connections and my podcast. So that is what I wrote down for my blessings. <clears throat> so at the, um, at the top of um, the first, the first block is you're, you're illustrating your emotionally painful event so I am not a good artist, <laughs> which I told you about, but I did um, my absolute best to share the painful experience and how I visually see it. And when I closed my eyes and visually saw that traumatic experience, what came to me was my miscarriage. Um, if some of you don't know that story, 2019... February of 2019 to February of 2020 was an extremely difficult year. Um, in February 2019, we lost my mother-in-law. Suddenly, she had a brain aneurysm, and that was very, very difficult. My, my husband is an only child, so that 
his, it was him and his mom against the world. She was a single mom and you know, she was his world before me and, and our boys. So that was extremely difficult. And it was difficult for me because she was the most wonderful mother-in-law ever. And, um, one of the reasons that we decided that our family was complete and it was time for my husband to go in and get a vasectomy. One of those reasons was because we're like, well, here on earth, Shivi, his mom got to hold both of her grandbabies. She got to meet her grandchildren and our, our minds were kind of made up, you know, our hearts were made up that we were, our family was complete. We were done. So my husband got a vasectomy in May, fast forward to October, I find out I'm pregnant. Now we get his sperm tested and sure enough, his count was so low. I'm talking like five when there's normally what millions, Mm -hmm. but when God wants to do something, (laughs) he'll find a way. And I was pregnant miraculously. And I just... I at first was very nervous, very scared. This was the first pregnancy that I didn't prepare for. So when, when I, when we were going, when we were trying to get pregnant with Andrew, I did all the, all the right things. I, you know, stopped drinking. I didn't eat the foods that you're not supposed to eat, like certain soft cheeses and deli meat. Like I just quit doing all of the things and started taking, um, prenatal vitamins before we even started trying. And I got pregnant pretty easily and had a beautiful, healthy baby boy, same exact thing for Emmett. So with this child, I was at first very nervous and very scared because I did not quit drinking. I wasn't eating the healthiest. I wasn't really exercising at the time. We had had a really, really tough year and I just, was nervous, but I thought, wait a second, God brought this child is bringing this child into this world for a reason. And I just felt so, (coughs) excuse me. I felt so strongly that this child was meant to do huge, wonderful, beautiful, miraculous things because this child was a miracle. And when I was 12 weeks pregnant on December 5th, of 2019, we found out that the baby had passed away. And on December 9th, I had to have what's called a DNA and essentially give birth to the baby. So in that first square emotional, painful event, I drew a picture of my baby in the arms of the Lord and wrote the dates December 5th and December 9th. And the next thing that you are supposed to draw, (laughs) I'm so sorry, I'm kind of getting over a cold. So um, my voice will crack and I'll cough from time to time. Apologize for that in advance. Um, The second one is God's divine connections during my difficult times. So that is what you're supposed to draw next. And I drew two circles um, intertwined that supposed to represent wedding bands, my marriage. And then I also drew two little boys. So my boys, um, number three, how God used me as a vessel of his love. So in the far right side of the cross, I drew, um, musical notes for singing for worship music. Um, I drew a glass of wine with a, what is that symbol? The, the stop, what you know what I'm talking about? I just don't 
don't don't do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a circle with the line, with the oh, line over cool. it. That's supposed to symbolize sobriety. Um, I I drew me with my two boys, me um basically ministering to my boys. Um, I drew a cancer tumor. I'm a terrible artist, so it looks terrible. I, I'll share it with you guys. I will post about this when the episode comes out. Um, so you can, so you can visually see this. Um, and I put that because God is using me through that cancer journey. He has used me in ways I could never have imagined. And I drew a phone because really right now, and especially through COVID and everything, that is the way that I'm really reaching people is through social media and online connections. Um, and then at the very bottom of the cross, that is where you are to draw your crown and armor. Um, and you put in quotes, Jesus, how do you see me? So in the first episode, if you go back to episode 36, in our little rhythm, rhythm restoration session, you wanted me to picture a crown. And um, if do you want to explain that a little bit? You, you'll explain it better than me. Yeah, no, the crown is so important. It's mentioned about five times in the Bible and the crown of life is one of the most revered. And that comes when you've also carried your own cross and we all carry our own cross at one point or another. And you certainly have done that and you've done it victoriously. And, and, and in that prompt, we also ask you to, to look and reflect on your armor. Now that crown and that armor can be as literal as you want it to be, or it can be as abstract as you want it. And um, you're putting on that armor in Ephesians. It tells you how you have the, the truth of the word, the foot of the gospel. There's so many different pieces that it talks about in every precious meaning of it. And so it's important for us to have that crown to remember where we're royalty, we're joint heirs to the throne with Jesus. And that we also have to put on our armor because there is realistically a spiritual warfare all around us. Absolutely. So in that rhythm restoration session that we had before, my crown was very, very beautiful and bright, but very simple. It was um, almost more like a tiara than, than a true crown, um, but very beautiful. And it had a veil. <coughs> And what I had told you that I experienced was Jesus parting my veil and saying, you see me, you know me, let me do the work. Mm. And I have thought about that just about every day since we had that session. And you and I both, like I was tearing up, I was crying and it was, it was so powerful to me because basically it just showed me that I just need to, to let, I don't, I don't need to think about all of this stuff that has happened to me. I don't need to think about what it means. I don't need to think about how God's going to use it. I just need to let him part the Red Sea for me. You know what I mean? Like part the veil, part the Red Sea for me and let him do the work through mm -hmm. me. I just need to let him do it. And so I, I, that was my crown because that is just the crown that I know that you can experience different crowns when you, when you do these exercises, but that just still stuck out in my, in my mind. And, um, and then the, my armor, I just simply drew a heart 
because I feel like every day my heart is changing to be more like Christ's as I am growing in my relationship with him and leaning on him more and more and letting go of what I can't control. So that was my exercise fully explained to you without visualization. And again, when this episode comes out, I am going to share what I did and um, and I'll share the the prompt so that you guys can see it for yourself. And I think one important thing too is, is um, rhythm restoration, the tapping portion of it. So she was called to have a prompt in her head and then to then tap and close her eyes and, and just allow the Holy Spirit to work through her to prompt a visualization in her mind's eye. And then she was to draw it on the paper. Yeah. So I guess my big question for you, Linz, now there's one in the center too. Do you want to share that one? Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry. I forgot about that. Oh, it's a so great. The, the one it. in the center was, uh, yeah, my God-centered future living in the light of the cross. So um, visually what came to me was the spiritual gifts coming down on not just me, but my entire family, including my baby that we lost and us pouring gifts to the masses. And I still don't know what that completely means because it's coming from the Lord. It's not coming from me. And I feel like, but that's, you're saying like your future, you know what I mean? So um, that's what I saw. So that's what I, I absolutely love everything you drew. So I'm wondering how did that experience feel for you to sit down in a space wherein, wherein you don't want to confront this. Mm -hmm. I know we talked about it just on the phone. We were like, what can we talk about? And I think we were going to go somewhere else. And then we're like, you are so stuck on this. Yeah. When I said you are so stuck on this, I feel like almost I could feel you shiver on the other end of the phone. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my goodness. So one, how did it feel to have to sit and confront it? And then how was the process for you? How did it evolve or shift your thoughts? Um, so when I did, when I did it, I, I mean, obviously it's tough. It takes you right back there. Um, And the hardest part was what I'm still hanging on to that I don't think about so much. And honestly, like I, I did the exercise completely and I drew, but when I was done drawing, I still, I felt something else come up that I didn't expect. And that was, and it's not that I don't, I'm trying to word this in the best way to explain it in, in, in English, in the English language, but there is this <coughs> cloud. Just say, tongues, you just say it in tongues. <laughs> just yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Lord, no. <laughs> so it's almost like there is a cloud of guilt mm. around me. and it's a vapor, but it's always there. It's, it's like, it's just always there. Mm. And all of the reasons that I feel guilty that I almost kind of not forgot about, obviously, but I didn't cling to 
um, came up. And that's super hard because a lot of my guilt, part of my guilt comes from, and what, what, what I can easily assess is the guilt of feeling like, because some people have told me once I got my cancer diagnosis, cause I was diagnosed with breast cancer less than two months after I lost my baby. And the reason that I even went into the doctor to figure out what this lump was and what I would, this is this sensation I was feeling because what I felt in my breast, it felt like a clogged milk duct. So if any of you are listening to this and you are a woman and you have had a baby, you might know what a clogged milk duct feels like. That is exactly what the sensation felt like. And my milk duct was in fact clogged. It was clogged with a tumor. Um, but for me, my thought process was, I know that milk production starts at conception. I technically gave birth to my baby, even though the baby, it was only like a a 12 week gestation. I still was like, well, I, I gave birth to a child. So was my body responding by this like slow milk production and I have a clogged milk duct and what do I do with that? Because I don't have a child, you know, I'm, I don't want to start getting out a pump to be able to get rid of this clog. I don't want it to become mastitis. So what do I do? So that was the reason that I called my OB to get an appointment to figure out what this was. And she said, honestly, like, I just don't know. She's like, I'm not too concerned, but let's, let's go ahead and have you, have you do a mammogram and an ultrasound just so we can really visually see what's going on there. Um, and Honestly, when I was there for the mammogram and ultrasound, the radiologist told me right then and there, it look, it looks like cancer. We have to biopsy it to confirm that, but I actually see two masses and they are highly suspicious for cancer. So once that came out in the open and I started telling people, I, and I shared, and this was all intimate. So this wasn't really, I I didn't necessarily um, come out publicly with this, but when I was telling some of my family members, because everybody, the one, the main question that everybody wants to know is what did you feel? What were the signs? Why did you go see the doctor? Because you're so young and how did you get breast cancer? What did you notice the changes in your body? Like, that's what everybody wants to know. So when I share that part, a few people, their immediate response was, oh my gosh, your baby saved your life. Your ba- like that's that was God's purpose for your baby to save your life. And as much as good intentions as they had to tell me that, that brought me immense guilt because our children aren't supposed to save us. We're supposed to protect and save our children. Mm. That is the way that we think. And, you know, we're made in the image of God. So God you know, he sent his son to save us. Like God wants to save and protect us. So naturally we want to do the same thing. And when it, when it goes the other way around, it just seems unnatural. And so that guilt, even though it may be true, that might've been God's purpose for my child. It doesn't sit well with me. And I know that it's, I, it's, it's not my choice. It's not my will. It's not, I will understand someday. And that is where my hope lies. That is why I can keep going without it 
completely consuming me. And just like you mentioned a little earlier, the fact that I have such a strong faith does help me to deal with this trauma on a daily basis, I will say. Have I actually tackled it fully? No, I know that. But my hope is in knowing that there will come a day where, I, one, I will meet my child um, and that the Lord will provide that for me. I love know? it. This is a lot of challenging work. So I'm going to ask you some probing questions and okay. start with thinking about that peace compass, mm-hmm. right? The peace compass, in order for us to find that peace, we align the spirit and then the soul and the flesh follow along. And, and sometimes the spirit wants to do the right thing, but the soul and the flesh are like, oh, heck no, that is just, I can't, right? Yeah. So I'm going to ask you to put that peace compass on okay. and ask you that question. I'm going to pose the statement and you're going to be like a true and false with your peace compass, okay? <laughs> God brought about your child which resulted in a miscarriage for you to find out that you had cancer so that you could survive. Where does that put your peace compass? Not great. (laughs) Not great. So um, with that being said, that's not of God then. Yeah. Okay. That's not of God. And, you know, people are going to take things and they're going to twist them and manipulate them to bring comfort to you and bless their hearts for it because they have good intentions. Absolutely. They They don't know what to do. And so sometimes they're not always, we're not always spirit led. We may be soul or or flesh led. And if that doesn't bring you peace, it's not of God. Guilt is not of God. Mm -hmm. All right. And I'm going to focus back on, on some of the words you said when you were describing the picture and you were, you were talking about what were the chances because David had a vasectomy that he had like five swimmers when they're supposed to have millions, that this child of mine was going to, in past tense, do wonderful and incredible things. Tell me, is this child still in spirit, Lindsay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so does this child still exist, Lindsay? Yeah, Absolutely. And so do you think this message is doing wonderful and incredible things with the spirit of your child? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that um, this world has fallen. We get hurt and die. And God doesn't bring something to life for it not to have a purpose and a purpose of love and beauty. And though there may be loss in it, it doesn't mean that you need to harbor what Satan wants you to harbor. And that's guilt or twisted guilt, this manifested guilt. Like we had control over things when we really didn't. If you think to yourself, you're drinking too much, you were not in shape enough. No, that's exactly it too. That is, yep. That's a, that's a huge part. in in the cloud that I was talking about was what came up was that guilt that i didn't forget about, but I pushed to the side. I pushed way, way back was the guilt of this was the only child that I didn't prepare physically for. So therefore it was, even though 
I know I had no way of knowing I was going to get pregnant. I carry the guilt of not treating my body right. You, yeah. And which I know is terrible and irrational and you didn't have yes. a crystal ball to predict the future. Exactly. You know, with all that being said, it's just, you know, God's truth and God's truth should be so much louder than Satan's lies. Mm-hmm. So you really need to turn your ear away. And I want to ask you, do you have a name for that beautiful spirit that you lost? Um, or something that speaks to your heart? Would you refer this beautiful spirit as? So I've never said this. Um, and I think that my husband would agree. And I think that actually my boys would agree. But we thought it was a girl. And I named her, I would have named her Amalia, Amalia Jane, mm-hmm. after David's grandma and mine. So that's. You make me cry, girl. <laughs> that's, okay, we're going to do some rhythm restoration because the Holy Spirit's leading and it's going to be okay. Okay. All right. So again, you're tapping pose with those eyes closed. Lord, speak to us. Okay, I want you to go find Amalia in heaven. And I want you to love on her in heaven. I want you to see where she's at. And I want you to tell her you're sorry because it's a sorrow that you have and you need to let it go and you need to hear what she has to say for you. So fall into your rhythm for about the next 30 seconds. Take a deep breath in, let it go, and come back to the moment with me. Lindsay, tell me what you experienced. Um, <coughs> um, really beautiful girl. Um, and she was with... Shivi, David's mom, and Jesus, and (coughs) she told me to come, and she took me to Jesus. (laughs) And Jesus said, simply, and he made like a gesture, but he said, be at peace. He was almost like he was slightly angry with me. (laughs) Like he was like looking down at this child, like, this is perfect. This is perfect. She is perfect. So be at peace. We will see you. We'll see you again. (laughs) This all sounds ridiculous. I know it's not. I know it's Holy Spirit. But she said she loved me. And um, 
that it's okay. Sorry. Oh, this is so deep. I'm like in tears too. You know, um, that is so profound. And and folks, this is just the power of the Lord. <laughs> no genius on one end or the other end or some magic wand. It's just Holy Spirit. When we let Holy Spirit lead, boy, oh boy, <laughs> breaks barriers and breaks chains. And Absolutely. that's as real as it can be. <laughs> there with Shivi. They're having a blast. Somebody's got to keep Shivi company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, she's got to dote over someone and care for someone. And she has that, once again, she had that only child relationship with David. And now, goodness gracious, she gets a girl. Gosh. Yeah. A girl. Even better. <laughs> in my opinion. <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and um, Amalia is full and made whole and her spirit lives on. And, and every day... It's going to be your opportunity to let her spirit be free. You know, in my book, there is a poem entitled, If They Could Speak, and it's about combat veterans. And when we lose a combat veteran, and it's in a brutal way, oftentimes in in war, um, and we feel guilty. And and the same way for you, because this is all spiritual warfare, but Mm -hmm. it's, they could speak. And if Amalia could speak, she'd be, mama, you were perfect. I see you every day. I want you to think about me when you write your worship songs. Make mm-hmm. one for me. Oh. Think about me. Speak about me. Because so many mamas out there need to know that their baby girl or baby boy are at the right hand of God. And Jesus loves those children. And he wants us to be like those children. You know, he says to us, um, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them or the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Mm-hmm. And he loves it. He loves it more than anything. And her life is completely full. She's like, if you think Disneyland is amazing, 24 yeah. it's with Jesus. So it's amazing. <laughs> and, Amen. Uh, yeah. And you really have to see that. And, and the truth is in the, in the poem, that I, it's like, I am a kite tethered to you by a line it says and then it continues to explain that the line that you have tethered to me is one of pain and suffering it's a, a line of hurt it's a, a line of regret of could have would have of guilt and mm-hmm. that is of satan it's not of god and that line that we have as a kite and tether it pains me and i ask you to let go of it is what the person in heaven is saying but they say i know you're too stubborn to let go of it so what I want you to do is replace that line of hurt, pain, and suffering, should have, could haves, and would haves, with a line wherein for the combat veterans, I made you laugh so hard you pissed your pants. For you, a line wherein you see your beautiful daughter at the right hand of God, frolicking with gorgeous hair and a beautiful dress that's flowing. She has her crown on all the time, and that mm. probably mirrors yours because she wants a crown just like yours. Mm. And she's with mom, you know, second mom, she be up yeah. there. And I'm so good and I'm not stressing about anything. And I want Mm -hmm. you to have peace and I want you to talk about me. I want you to say my name. Do you remember when we were kids, do you ever watch the never ending story? I don't think I have. Gosh, there's this like empress 
princess. And in the movie, the little boy is supposed to say her name and use his own creativity for the, the name he's created for her. And the kingdom's falling down because children are no longer creative. And she's screaming while the kingdom's coming apart, just say my name. And she, he finally comes up with a name for her. And it reminds me of that scene because you need to keep her spirit alive and say her name. You need to have her name written somewhere. Oh, yeah. You need to have it included. I know you, you said earlier that it's not something you really ever spoke out loud to, um, but you need to speak it because her spirit wants to be heard. And I firmly believe that her life is still a life. It's her flesh has ended, but her spirit is continuous. Absolutely. Her spirit is living in you. Her spirit has strengthened you enormously. Her spirit is going to set so many people free who are listening to this podcast today who have experienced a miscarriage or who at least can send somebody to this miscarriage or explain it in this way to them. And so keeping it alive, um, it's, it, her spirit is alive. You don't have to keep it alive, but we can always commemorate it. Amen. And I need to, I feel, um, gosh, I don't even have a word for it. I just feel like I want to go to the top of a mountain and shout it all the way down because, and it's so beautiful that I don't feel a guilt about not doing it before. I almost feel like there has been a perfect time all along to do that, which is a really strange. We'll do one more visualization. If you go into your tapping okay. cup, just get those eyes closed. I want you to visualize all the pain. I want you to visualize from this experience, all the pain from losing Amalia in the flesh. I want you to visualize all the guilt, whether you, in your memory, think of it as a bowling ball, or you think of it as a bomb that's about to explode. If you think of it as a weight, a rucksack, whatever it may be, I want you to take that weight and I want you to hand it to Jesus because he says, my yoke is light and you're not meant to carry it. Once you let it go, I want you to go to the end of that or climb to the highest mountain to that peak. And I want you to shout out volunteer rhythm. <clears throat> Take a deep breath in. Let it go. Come back to the moment. What did you experience, Lindsay? Um, well, what I handed over was actually a really big bottle of wine wrapped in chains, mm. which is an interesting visual, but that's what I handed over to Jesus. And not only did I run up the mountain and shout her name, but I shouted, I am your mama. Mm. <clears throat> and then, oh, 
And then Jesus said, yes, you are her mama and you are mine. Wow. Which is really cool. So cool. Because I am. And because of that, because I mean, Jesus can say one thing and it means so, so many things. I am his, and that means that I I don't need to hang on to any of that. And I'm going to be with him, and I'm going to be with her. And let's change it to, I am with him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I am with her. I am with him. I am with her. <clears throat> Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> Dang it, <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> bring some closure to all of this now. Amen. Wonderful healing tears. Tears are healing. It gets rid of so many toxins. Many people say women live longer than men because we cry more and it, it gets rid of men. Yes. So with that being said, what we just saw here, you were witness to uh, Holy Spirit working. Um and, and seeing a neuroplastic brain get rewired. Now, what I want you to do, Lindsay, is every day, like you practice that crown, visualize mm-hmm. screaming her name. And that last iteration, that was just the icing on the cake. And I think you need to visualize that as frequently as possible for now to change the shape of that memory. Mm-hmm. And you've rewired it. Um, in fact, I would even venture to say that if you didn't practice it every day, your brain would still be rewired because this was a profound corrective emotional experience. Now, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so with all that being said, you know, we were working on the drawing. I gave Lynn the drawing because I wanted her heart to get prepared. And I gave her the drawing too, to do alone in solitude because it's so important for us to be self-introspective, to reflect on our own. And I wanted to see what she would come up with. And I'm sure she'll post that drawing for you to look at later. And um, what's interesting about the drawing is we try to get individuals to realize that they have blessings in the middle of the pain to see how God still used them. Even when they felt like they were unworthy or not good enough to show that God didn't abandon him, them and used other people as vessels and divine connections to get us through. Because when we're so stuck on the pain, we can't see him to remind us that we are made in his image and that we need to hold our thoughts captive to Christ. And that God is always going to be in our future. If we ask him in, he's not one to just barge in and and make it happen. He gave us love and free will because he wanted relationship and relationship. It's a two-way street family. It's not just one. And so what you saw today was healing in perfect love because in perfect love, there is no shame in perfect love. There is no guilt. There is no shoulda, couldas. Your peace compass and perfect love doesn't point to things that make you feel anxious. Mm-hmm. Perfect love is free. So now if we were to go back to that statement that you said, oh, I told you to put your peace compass to work and the statement being God used your child and you ended up having a miscarriage so that your child's life would save yours. We determined that was not freeing. We determined that didn't bring peace, but what did God do? He brought a visualization and image of you shouting out Amalia's name. Mm 
seeing her being taken care of by Shivi and having her at the right hand of God. Now that's a freeing image. Yeah, very. Ah, yeah. I think we end there, girl. If you have a word, I'm just going to let you hit it. Your vulnerability. Dr. Tiffany Tajiri, um, that needs to, this, uh, this experience needs to reach the masses, girl, because, um, it is so powerful, so freeing, and I am just in awe of how God is using you, and I am so grateful. I feel like you gave me a blessing that I don't I don't know. I mean, I think maybe God would have gotten me there in some other way. He would have pounded it into me somehow. You know, God can do anything, but obviously he meant to use you to do it. So I just am so blessed by you. And I thank you so much for that. Um, I am sorry to all you listeners for losing it on here, but it was powerful and wonderful and amazing. Um, I do want to talk about, because we talked about it in our first episode, again, that's episode 36, go back and listen. You uh, won't want to miss that if you haven't already listened to that episode, but Tiffany, you wrote a book, Peace After Combat, and I am still reading it. I've read a lot of it, but um, it's Peace After Combat, Healing the Spiritual and Psychological Wounds of War. So you are specifically in, in part speaking about your experience with your, um, with your, uh, clients, with, with the people that your soldiers that you, you work with all the time and, um, and helping them to do what you just did with me, (laughs) which is absolutely incredible. And, um, what I love about this book is that if you've gone through a traumatic experience, period, you will get so much out of this beautiful, wonderful, God-written through you book. It truly is. I mean, this was Holy Spirit-led, girl. And I am just, I'm just so happy and honored to know you and um, and so grateful for you. Uh, I'm not going to lie. This book will, is a tearjerker, too. Um, There are a lot of moments when I was reading this and still reading it where I just lost it and I started bawling. So um, it'll touch your heart. It's peace after combat. I'm going to link that in the show notes as well. Um, But girl, Dr. Tiffany, thank you so, so, so much for this beautiful blessing and for being willing to openly show this through my show so people actually witness what you created pause right there you're the real hero because oh. <laughs> you're the one being courageous i'm putting your heart out and and allowing us to see a facet of you that you have kept very guarded and so thank you hero of mine <laughs> i love you girl love oh my you. goodness thank you Woo. Good night. That was an incredible episode. It was an incredible experience. And I hope that you feel 
just as at peace and rejuvenated as I feel from listening to that. It was so powerful and I hope that it encourages you that whatever it is you have gone through in the past or you're going through right now, that you seek help and you learn the right coping skills, whether it be something like rhythm restoration or a form of therapy that you could do to help you move on from trauma in your life, I really encourage you to do it because I feel like a ton of bricks has been released off of my shoulders. And it's a very, very peaceful, wonderful feeling. And I want that for everybody who is listening, especially if you have any guilt over a miscarriage like I did. Please seek help. You can be free of the guilt and the pain, not that it completely goes away, but you can move on with true joy in life when you confront your pain as Dr. Tiffany Tajiri did with me. Thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day to listen to my show. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if there's anyone you know who you think would benefit from this episode, please, please, please share it. We want to help. And that is why I have this podcast. And also, anybody is more than welcome to reach out to me. You can email me, failingawesomelypodcast at gmail.com, or you can message me on my personal or podcast accounts at Lindsay H. Garcia or at Failing Awesomely. And both will be in the show notes, all that information, including how to contact Dr. Tiffany Tajiri as well. So please do so. Go out into the world and know that you are loved and you are cared for by a good, good father. He loves you and he wants the best for you and he doesn't want you to continue to hold on to this pain. Be well, be awesome.